0: Big way could define the season. Of course, it's the game
1: before the trade deadline.
0: You've got about 48 hours after the game to figure out any last trades, get your affairs in order. And this team, are they selling? Are they not? Welcome in to the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Fries, Director of published Content here at BrolySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. And you can follow me on social media at East Freeze. I'm joined as always by producer JT. Here once again, live back in Spring Hill at Boss Craft Pizza and Bathhouse. JT, it is so good to be back.
1: Indeed, it is. I'm, I'm, I am i i do not want to be anywhere else right now. Yeah, me neither. I'm right
0: excited now. to be here. I'm uh, excited to be here for the rest of the evening. Exactly. Talking, talking Titans, and then watching some Bills. Uh uh who are the Buccaneers? Buccaneers. Yeah, I was about to say commanders. No, that's a brilliant slip. We were just thinking about the Best Bet Gauntlet. Yes. We love a lot of dogs this week, just to just to tease the end of the show today. Home dogs, division dogs, division home dogs. I mean, it's delicious. So we'll be talking about that in the Best Bet Gauntlet at the end of the show. Before that, we've got our Titans Falcons preview of week eight and the Will Levis debut preview. We're gonna be talking a lot about what we expect from the young quarterback. And then we've got some news with producer jt a real potpourri of topics from the news segment today so a lot of fantastic stuff to get to we've got a great show for you guys today if you're watching with us live a couple of housekeeping things first of all go on over to Broadway sports media on youtube it's Broadway sports media on youtube find that youtube page find this live stream in the comment section there you can be a part of the conversation like Pretty boy Lipschitz, who is a tried and true member of the community here. Glad to have you in here with us since the time has come. Indeed, I will I will say for for all of your fault, we give you a lot of crap, pretty boy Lipschitz. This is I, I'm happy for you and your boy Levis. This has to be a very exciting week for the, for you. And uh, I'm sure you're gonna be insufferable, no matter what happens on Sunday, uh, in, in our in our comments on the Sunday evening reaction show. Uh, but yeah, head on over to the Broadway Sports Media YouTube page, join the live stream there, be a part of the conversation. Any questions, comments, queries you have about this game, we'd love to hear from you over there. If you're not subscribed, make sure to do that. Hit like, hit retweet, whatever you can do to help us spread the word on today's live stream. Send the link to a buddy. So we've got a lot of people pouring in here. And so without further ado, Stoney comments, Boom Boss Boys, the Boom Boys are the boom back. Boys. The, the <laughs> yes. Boom Boys. I like it. Smart. Keep work, we keep workshopping that. I like where your, where your head's at. Um, a big week for us here, and, and just to tease next week, by the way, a massive week next week here at Boom Boss Pizza. Of course, if you don't know, the Titans are the team playing on Thursday night football in week nine, they'll be at Pittsburgh, and so we'll be live here. Titans watch party, we're going to have gift card giveaways, which we have each week, but in addition to that, JT, some Titans merch giveaways, hat, maybe a jersey. Some exciting, exciting things going on. We haven't, we haven't picked on. out
1: the jersey yet because of, the, of course, the implications of this week and beyond. <laughs> we're not trying to make
0: a purchase that doesn't age well. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. But by next week, we'll have made a purchase. That can you imagine we
1: get like a Derrick Henry or someone's jersey? Oh, I can like... imagine.
0: It. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, that's, the, that's the fear. So, yeah, excited to be doing that next week and make sure to tune in with us. Then we're going to have a good time. All right. Um, and, of course, Boombox Pizza, by the way. we forgot to plug the product here. The reason we love it so much, JT, is the craft pizza and the brews on tap. We got a couple brews for the show today. I went to Ireland, as as anyone that has followed us knows, because I've been talking about it nonstop for two weeks now. I went to uh, the British Isles, of of which one of the locations I stopped at was in Ireland. And I don't know if you know this, JT, Dublin, Ireland, capital. The entire city's personality is Guinness. Everything is. is Guinness everywhere. Was, it's nothing but
1: Guinness. I was very jealous.
0: Yeah, and so I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a very virgin drinker. Um, I'm a very, uh, I'm a pretty fruity cocktail and and uh, and cider kind of guy, but I, I was kind of forced by being present in Dublin to come around on Guinness. The
1: peer pressure was real.
0: It, it was. It's an acquired taste, and I started acquiring it while I was there. So trying out a uh, trying out a stout today, not a Guinness, but here on tap. I believe it's a local brand, Asgard Brewing Company which I'm enjoying. It's delicious. JT, what are you drinking
1: today? I'm drinking, you know, just keeping it light. Music City Shandy today. Okay. About-
0: yep. All right. Well, they've got delicious drinks on tap as well as such good pizza that we're going to order as soon as we're done here. And we'd love for you to be able to order some on us. Again, I don't know how hard this is to sell, but if you come and say hello to us on any Thursday night, the rest of the season, because we're not going to miss a single Thursday night from here until the Super Bowl, come say hey. Just say hello, and you're going to get free food on us. We're going to give you a gift card, and you'll be able to try some of this delicious drink, delicious bites to eat, and you're going to love it. All right, we have spent now a, a solid five minutes talking about everything but Titans football. We open for bore the folks. Let's get into a Titans-Falcons preview for this week. And before we dive into Will Muppets, which is going to be the bulk of our conversation today, JT, I want to, as we typically do, as is my style, Approach things from a 10,000-foot view first and zoom in, right? Let's let's zoom out look at this big picture and talk about what this game will mean for the Tennessee Titans, what this game means for them, really how it, in my opinion, feels like the final tipping point for the season in a big way could define the season. Of course, it's the game before the trade deadline. You've got about 48 hours after the game to figure out any last trades, get your affairs in order, and this team, are they selling, are they not? That's going to be determined in the next four or five days. Now we're, we're counting down, obviously, um, but we've got just five days left before the deadline. And whether the Titans will be full-blown sellers or um, pick and choose their spots, that will be determined in large part by, I think, what they do this weekend against Atlanta. So it's a big deal, and I feel like if they lose this game, they're really you're starting to grasp straws for the reasons why. You shouldn't be selling anything and everything that is not in your plans for 2024, right? Any player, any asset that you have that is not a part of your plan beyond this year should be something that you're looking to get something out of and not just to let walk free, which is what the Titans did with Kevin Byard. They were going to be moving on from that this year. They got something with him from him at the last off ramp on the Kevin Byard highway. They got some, some capital and a player in return, that's what they're going to need to look to do. I think if they lose this game, but if they win this game, which I know a lot of Titans fans may be actively rooting against at this point, um, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation next week because you're on a short week and you you, know, you could go from two and four to uh, five hundred through eight games at four and four after you play on a short week in Pittsburgh on Thursday night next week. Suddenly you're four and four in in the blink of an eye, and you've gone from a bye week filled with are you big sellers to the deadline? Are you full buyer sale rebuild mode to Maybe this team is still competing for their relatively weak division.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, uh, an article I wrote earlier this week, this is a big two-week stretch here. Shameless it's, plug, by the way. Check out that article, sportsmedia.com. I, I thought it was a pretty good article.
0: Very so. good article. Uh, however, and I would tell you, it'd be holy- one of these days you're going to write a terrible article. You're going to try to plug it on the show and say, guys, honestly, it was It was fine. It's pretty mediocre read. <laughs> this is not one of those. Uh, very well. Um, and
1: and as, I, as I described in that article there, they're playing an offense this, this week in the Atlanta Falcons who are the 29th ranked in the league in scoring. Yep. And then on a short week, they play a Pittsburgh Steelers offense that is 30th in scoring. So even though the Titans have had scoring goals this week, they're playing two teams the next two weeks that are worse than them. By the way, can, I, can I take it a
0: step further? Because the following week, they then play the Buccaneers, who are currently twenty. They're tied for 26th in the league in scoring. All three of these teams we just mentioned, the Falcons, the Steelers, the bucks are averaging 16.4, 17.2, and 17.2 uh, points per game offensively. Now, in a, in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk about how I personally think this Atlanta team is liable to put up many more points than their average this, this week, and I'll talk about why. Um, but just on paper, not going any, any further than how many points on average are these teams scoring, the Titans, you know – they're not known for scoring more than twenty points very often. The next true. three weeks, you might can get away with it.
1: Yes, uh, very true, and, and and that's the reason. I mean, even if this, even if Will Levis or Malik Levis, whoever, ends up in fact playing, we think Will Levis. It's but gonna be Will Levis, if, Levis, yeah. if, if for some reason we uh, call Mike Rabel's bluff and. Uh, He does indeed roll out this two-quarterback package.
0: We'll we'll spend a full hour. It'll be the entire show on Sunday. If we do this preseason, it's not going to happen, okay? So don't worry. But if it does, in the one reality, in the one universe in which that's what happens, right, right, right. In the multiverse of options here, if that's what happens, we'll spend three shows next week, three hours in total. Probably talking about that and nothing but that because it would be, I mean, I don't, I don't exaggerate a lot on the show. It will be one of the worst coaching decisions of any head coach in the league in I don't know how long. It's a, like, it's a bold face. It has to be a lot. It's not yeah. a lot I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Um
1: so yes, even, even if Will Levis shows some some rookie mistakes here, like you said, these, these teams that they're going to play in the next three weeks also. Have had their fair share of mistakes. Must we not forget Desmond River last week fumbled three times in that game, and somehow they twice played on the goal line. line I believe twice on the goal right. line, and somehow the Buccaneers were not able to capitalize on those turnovers and win that game. So even if Will Levis has some mistakes, the Titans are going to have plenty of opportunities to pounce on these other teams, and you could be looking at a team that's above 500 in the next three weeks mm-hmm. and does not sell at the deadline. And suddenly the conversation is different. And so that. It's a, it's, a, it's a big week, especially a big week. considering Tuesday's tra- trade deadline. But I think both of us are, are pretty confident that there are still two different pathways that this Titans team can take.
0: Pretty real lipshits in the comments saying, if they roll out the platoon system, highly unlikely, as it may be. Rand Carthon Carthun should fire Mike Ripple. <laughs> well, let's cross that bridge when we get there. But, I, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves with Will uh, it's Just a couple more thoughts before we move on to the details of this game. From a trends perspective, this is a good spot for the Titans. Always is when they're coming off the bye. The Titans are tied for first in the league stints. This is a very small print. 2018 uh, with Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Buffalo. For the best teams coming off of a bye, um, I believe when their opponents are, are on regular or short rest, obviously. Getting a full week plus of preparation time on your opponents. The Titans, along with the other teams they are tied with, are undefeated. 5-0. and a 1.000 win percentage since 2018, uh, since Mike Frabel became the head coach of this team. So playing Mike Frabel when he's had an extra pair on you has been a losing proposition every single time for his opponents that have found themselves in this situation. As we've been talking about all season long, since before the season ever begins, since we, when the schedule came out, there is a red meat segment of this schedule and this is where they are, right? They got through that gauntlet the first six games where we expected them to struggle the hardest six-game stretch of the year. We felt like going into the season, I still feel that's the case. They're now facing, like we mentioned, those next three teams they have, but really the next 10 games they have, the next 11 games they have, excuse me. um, There are a lot of winnable games in there, and I'm not saying the Titans are going to be a good team. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I'm just saying that I think things feel right now Narrative-wise, amongst fans, amongst the media, like this Titans season is written already, I really just don't think it is. I think there's plenty of twists and turns left for us, Um, especially if Will Levis or Willie Willis become more involved and this team does change some things, there's going to be plenty to talk about. So let's talk about the debut of one Mr. William Levis, who, you know, no more silly talk like the, the, the platoon thing. We're gonna we're gonna quit talking about it. It's not happening. It is Will Levis this week, from what I've heard. That like I can't say for sure, but I can pretty much say for sure it's going to be Will Levis as the primary starter this week. Um, and you know, that's always something to change if things go horribly wrong. But I, I think that they're gonna stick with him in this game, assuming Brian Tannehill cannot go, which from what I hear he cannot. Will Levis getting all of the first team reps in practice this week like that. It's it's So what do we expect to see from him? And the conversation I want to open up today, which is one that I think we'll have throughout the rest of the season, what's the bar for Will Levis to convince you that he should be the guy going forward, or maybe at the very least the guy that you should roll into 2024 with and see what you have in him, get a further, uh, maybe more supported look from him and, and build around him a little bit with a crazy amount of available to you next season. Something that came up this week, uh, Titans QBs making their first career start with the Tennessee Titans. There have been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 gentlemen who have had their first career start as a quarterback with the Titans Oilers franchise. And the bar is relatively low for first game performances. As your first start tends to go, there's some ups and downs, some notable names, Steve McNair in 95. Went 13 of 25 for 198 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, and one most of the fellows on here lost, such as Vince Young, Rusty Smith, Jake Locker, Zach Mettenberger, Josh Dobbs, all collecting their first loss. Pretty much everybody stubbed 208. Billy Volek in 2003 was the only passer to exceed 250 yards in their debut. So, I mean, some true, Billy Willis last season against the Texans, in case you've forgotten. 55 yards of total passing, a barn burner performance. He went 6 of 10 uh, for one interception. They won that game, by the way. Yes, that was a, That was a Derrick Henry classic. Yes, but the bar in general is relatively low. Some of these guys, you know, Rusty Smith, zero touchdown, three interception game in his first career start in 2010. Um, so it, it'll be hard for him to have historically bad game in his first half. That being said, let's talk a little bit about what the bar to clear is for him, not just in this game, but for the entirety of the season. Something I find very funny, first of all, is that when you talk about the other quarterbacks in this division, JT, uh, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, when you talk about any of those guys or all of those guys in a positive light at all, as we tend to do on this show, to we're fond of all of those quarterbacks, Titans fans are very quick to chime in. <laughs> pump the brakes, fella. Like, this guy hasn't proven anything. Some will say that this guy's a bum. You just don't know it yet. Like, they are very dismissive of these other quarterbacks. But then if you talk about the Titans trying to find, you know, a suitable franchise quarterback, then the tune suddenly changes to, well, you know, they're going to be playing in a division with Lawrence Stroud and Richardson. They're going to be pretty good. You can't have the fourth-best quarterback in your division. So, pick one, Titans fans. Like, it's just it's funny, the, the, two, the two-facedness of this fan base. Um, that being said, if Will Levis becomes the Titan starter this season for long enough for you, for us, for the team, to feel like they've gotten a decent look at him, then the obvious question then becomes a pretty tricky one, right? It's it's what is the bar for him to clear in order for you to feel good starting to build around him, which is really hard to quantify, right? Because you can go pure box score scout. You can go pure metrics. Um, but it's really not, it's not, not how it works. You can't get a good feel for a guy, whether or not he's got that hit, whether or not he's a potential dude to move forward with. And so I sat this morning thinking long and hard about, you know, what how can we talk about this? And I feel like that one of the best, if not the best way to look at it right now is to compare him to what we've seen from his contemporaries so far, compare him to the other major starting rookie quarterbacks from the 2023 NFL draft class, of which he was the fourth off the board. The first three have all gotten multiple games under their belt. And so I went and looked at some of their stats. Of course, we know what we, the eye test, what, what we, we know based on advanced metrics, as well as just having watched them play, looking for that it factor, looking for the, the demonstration of traits, because that's ultimately what it is, right? You can use these guys as, as example markers, but there's a lot of eye test and trait demonstration that goes into the evaluation. The first guy I start with the CJ Strut. And I feel like no one would argue that if Levis performs at the level that CJ Strut has performed the first six games, there is no question. You go into 2024, you start building around him with $100 million of cap space. You you activate those, those that draft capital in, in a way that you know you can you can bolster the team in, in younger ways around him, try to build a young core around a young Cost-controlled quarterback and see what you have in a guy giving him the full season next year to take that second year. Lead. Because Stroud, just looking at the numbers, we all we know we all know eye test what he's it's been really fantastic despite some trying circumstances. On paper, he's completing passes at a sixty percent clip, two hundred and seventy-five yards on average per game passing a nine to blistering nine to one touchdown to interception ratio. Um, that's through six games, obviously, and in, in you know, passing the eye test, with flying colors, elevating that back cluster cast, cast around him. Is there any question in your mind if he plays like Stratus played through five games, through eleven games, he plays the rest? Of the season, you move on with him into twenty.
1: Oh, of course. I think he is been a very bright spot, especially when you consider the the off season chatter of well, did they even really want to Stroud? Was that more of a was that more of a owner pick versus a coach pick this past off season? Mm, mm. Um, so I really think that this team is kind of lucked out. Spoiler, it was
0: largely an owner's yes. pick. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so giving up that capital, I think it's well worth it, considering since Deshaun Watson's kind of heyday when he was just an elite quarterback, CJ Stroud has been a guy that. Um, really found a way to make some of these, I guess you could say, lackluster receiving options. I'm not saying Nico Collins or Kinkdell can't be really good, but they're not you No, know, They've sort
0: of broken out a little bit this year, and who's the quarterback? But there's, you know, there's some yes. correlation there,
1: I feel Yes, like. and, and so I, I think, given what they really have this year and given how picked up that offensive line has been, <laughs> CJ Stroud. Uh, has done enough for him to prove that he deserves equal, legitimate
0: shot with the Texans. I agree. And it's it's the other two quarterbacks where things get interesting. That's where we get to take the conversation now. You know, it's it's probably more realistic that he looks, if he plays an extended amount of time with the Titans this season, that Levis looks more like the other two guys because Stroud is playing at, in some ways, an unprecedented rate for a rookie. So Anthony Richardson's the next guy I'll talk about. Colts quarterback who, you know, Shoulder injury—he's out for the year. Stinks. We did get about three total games out of him um, when you add up to kind of half performances in there. But looking at his numbers, slightly lower completion percentage—59 percent, roughly 200 yards passing per game, a three-to-one touchdown-interception ratio through those three-ish games. He's shown serious flashes that we've been really fond of. He's looked like he's got some game-breaking ability, and just needs to, you know, not be as rough around the edges, polish some of those flaws get that accuracy up a little bit um but you know throwing outside the numbers throwing on the move accuracy downfield deep ball catchability like there's a lot of those trait demonstration things that he's shown and it's just been the the roughness around the edges that have kind of held him back i would argue again if he looks like it's a three game sample size so small sample size but on the whole if that's what he looks like you know you're getting 200 250 yards passing Titans offense, playing that efficient style, not making big back breaking mistakes, throwing interceptions or or not picking the ball in your hands. Like I say, you move on to 2024 if you have a Richardson-esque performance through the rest of the year with Will Levis. What do you think?
1: And certainly I think that the big debate, right, was who has the bigger arm in this class, Anthony <laughs> Richardson or Will Levis? So there there is grounds to say that that's not out of the realm of possibility. Sure. Right, considering
0: Kind of, uh, I'm sorry. Stoney the, wants us to keep this conversation going all the way down to Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Badgett, and Lee Cunningham. We're getting yes. there, So We're doing yeah. three hours today. So you're going to do away. it.
1: And you forgot about that. Like, Toon Clayton is also. Clayton I know Stoney's a uh,
0: big Tune Squad guy.
1: Um, But but yeah, the, the kind of potential to have him have some campaign records and has performances down the stretch here it is possible because of. Him. How big that arm is and how that was like one of the key factors for him coming out especially with with kind of the options that he has at his disposal and Daniel Hopkins and Traylon Burks coming back this week there, there are reasons to believe that he, he can have some stellar looking moments but the way you
0: feel right now about Richardson just just in general your your vibe with Richardson you've seen so far If that exact same feeling if we bottle that up and then you drink it again after we've seen five games of Will Levis, seven games with Levis. And then we're questioning, okay, 2024, what's the plan? What, do you, what are you doing? Are you rock and rolling with Levis? I think
1: you kind of have to. I right? agree. I agree I think, 100%. I that's how I, that's how I feel. Of, mainly, I think because he did invest the capital, I think he deserves at least a shot. Straight up, season. yep, early second round. Uh, as well as just the ability to kind of be in a situation that I think a lot of these other teams haven't really been in. Um, if you do in fact roll with Will Levis next season, I mean the Titans right now have the second most cap space. So like as as a lot of people want their teams to buy and build a team around their quarterback they have the Titans, funny money next the, year. The, the yeah. Titans would have the ability to do just that and the I mean, free
0: agent pool available. I mean is it's a lot better than it was this year. It's nuts compared yes. to this year. Yes, absolutely. So that brings us to the last guy, first overall pick, uh Mr. Bryce Young. What if Levis looks like he has so far? It's a tricky case here. I think that easily the worst of the three teams he's playing for with his Carolina Panthers team is not doing him any favors. But looking at just the numbers, he's been sneaky efficient, JT. I was surprised when I found this number today when I looked it up. 63% completion percentage, the highest of the three, passing for, again, about 200 yards per game, a 6-4 to touchdown to interception ratio. So not been as clean with turning the ball over. The eye test has been very up and down so far. You you, you have seen some flashes at times, and he's had some terrible support around him, which you have to take into consideration, but he's showing some of those real limitations that we were afraid of coming out. If if you feel the way you currently feel about Bryce Young, about Bill Levis, what do you think going into next year? It becomes a little bit trickier in my mind.
1: It does, but I think I'm still giving him a shot. Because of what we just said, the ability to build a team around him much better than what Carolina can kind of do right now for Bryce Young. Um, and also, I think the, the spectrum is kind of different. Bryce Young is a first round pick. Like, this is a guy. First that, overall first pick. Overall yep, pick yep. Versus the guy that you did use a third round pick on, but he is a second round player. I think the expectations there. Are a little different, but if he does show you those flashes in efficiency, um, it doesn't have to, I think it's a little different. Like, if both have their options, because in one situation, Bryce Young, if you get that efficiency like Bryce Young, I think that's probably what you want rolling into. If you get the big play potential, I think that also has enough of a pace to roll into 2024.
0: Yeah. Uh, shout out, Boom Boss. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Shout out everybody watching live. If you can do us a favor, hit that retweet button. Hit that like button. Help us share this with as many live eyeballs as we can would consider it a personal favor if you share the show. So thank you very much. Make sure to subscribe at Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page where you should be watching this and being a part of the conversation in the comments over there. We'd love to talk to you. So I, I put this question out on Twitter this morning, and I, I clipped it for the show. Got just probably 600 votes. But I asked which fellow rookies... Level of performance would Will Levis need to clear in order for you to want the Titans to move forward with him as the starter in 2024. The overwhelming, well, not overwhelming, but the, the clear victor in that voting was uh, the middle tier of, if he looks like Anthony Richardson has those Richards, Richardson-esque lashes, then we're good to go. It's a thumbs up with a green light for 2024. 44.8% of folks answered that way, followed by 32.2% of you with the lower bar saying that if he just looks like Bryce Young, or better, then we're good to go. And 23% demanding excellence, saying if he doesn't look like Stroud or better through whatever amount of gameplay we get from this season, you've got to look elsewhere.
1: Now, that 23% might be the same as 23% that voted on my poll earlier this oh. weekend, in which I said, Who would you rather have right now, Deshaun Watson or Malik Willis? In which <laughs> 74% of that vote on 100 people voting on that said Malik Willis. So, like, uh, maybe the expectation is that about does, is that about not, Malik uh,
0: or is that about the shot one past ass yes
1: um
0: just a couple loose threads on this topic before we move on you know in general a number of comments I got on this were that um looking at this from a different perspective just if you feel like at the end of the year Levis is potentially your guy you gotta make a decision now on whether you move forward with him or look elsewhere uh, and you feel like you've got the fourth out of four quarterbacks, kind of circling back to this idea. I, I totally understand that. And just in general, I agree with the idea that if you feel like you have the fourth best quarterback in your division, you're not going to succeed. Um so, yes, that's a that's something that needs to be taken into consideration. And with Richardson, we don't really know, it's all projection He's not gonna play the rest of the year. If Stroud continues to perform well, if if um, Lawrence looks in the back half of the year like he did at the back half of the last season, which was really fantastic, then that becomes part of the equation, I think. And another part of the equation, which has brought up a lot in the comments, was if you have a bad enough pick in this draft class, this is what a number of folks said. They said, I think it solves itself, essentially. They said that if, if Will Levis is very bad and plays the rest of the year, then you're going to have a high enough pick to draft a quarterback in this class and replace him. And he plays well enough for you to move on with him into next season. Then you'll you will have played yourself out of that quarterback zone in the first round, and you will not. You know, this decision is made for you. Choice is made for you. I'm not convinced by that. Um, I think that there is absolutely a world in which if we're assuming that he's playing the rest of the year, which we do not know, there's a world in which the Titans are a top five pick, and he's actually shown enough for you to think, okay, maybe this is the guy. You have kind of that. Justin Fields conversation that the Bears had last year, where they had the first overall pick, but they felt like they had something in field and wanted to move forward. Now with them, maybe that's a cautionary tale because they, it's, it's looking now like they maybe are going to regret that decision. And there's also a world in which Levis looks terrible, but this team, bolstered by the defense, bolstered by you know the running game, wins enough games to get you out of that that zone. So I understand the logic there, I do, but I do think that that's not the end all be all of this conversation. Um, with that said, let's look forward to, you know, actually before we do, just, I've got a couple of things that I think are keys to this game. We can talk about outside of Will Levis' performance, but one last thing on Will Levis that I want to say is, um, great, you know, question, what are our predictions? What is your prediction? i give you this ahead of time. Not stat-wise, but just what do you think the vibe is going to be with Will Levis from this game? What do you think, come Sunday evening, we're live for our Monday show. What's the topic of conversation going to look like around what Will Levis did in this game?
1: Uh, I try to be an optimist, right? I, I really do. I think I think that's something on this show that I try to preach. However, however, just there it thinking is. about it, <laughs> like the thing that we, we need to talk about as well, just getting into this game, like it has sneaky good, sense. Really
0: good uh, defense. Sneaky good defense in general. Darrell,
1: Jesse Bates, they have a really great defense. Band, uh, Why do you think seven.
0: this is? Why do you think is It because they don't have a true edge rusher that you're afraid of. Is that why there's not a face of the defense? So it's it pro- a faceless.
1: It probably is. I think it also is just people are still counting this defense out after maybe a decade-long span of being atrocious. Well, in the
0: past couple that. of years, in particular, they've been bad. Yeah,
1: I mean so, bad, bad. I mean, I even when I was getting into the nitty-gritty, seeing them rank third in run defense this week, I did a double take. Every
0: defensive like, stat <laughs> I looked at this week, like, I was surprised by. It. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sneaky like, great.
1: I think the the overreaction may be a lot because I could easily see AJ Terrell or Jesse Bates just have a more veteran present and find a way to make Bill Levis make mistakes this week. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think that that's going to be a reason why Bill Levis should be dead in there.
0: I agree. Um, I think we're going to come away you know, the words were taken right out of my mouth by everybody. great Rachel Ball on our ball show later today, which is also a great podcast network that you can also check out the way that he framed phrased it framed it is perfect to me. We're going to come away from this game excited, wanting to see more Will Levis, not having more Will Levis, not you know wondering if if going back to Ryan Tannehill once he's healthy is the right idea for this team. You know, I think that it's going to be a want to. It's going to be a level of excitement, win or lose, for Will Levis going forward. That does not mean that he's I just, I think he's going to show enough flashes. I think the, the delta between what Malik has shown and Willis – or Levis has shown, excuse me, uh, a real show in this game is going to be big enough that's going to excite people. And it's going to – I don't want to – it's not apples and oranges because when Ryan Tannehill came in from Marcus Mariota, he was already a, a veteran by that – a veteran at that point. But I have a feeling it's going to look a lot like when Ryan Tannehill came in from Marcus Mariota in 2019, benched mid-game obviously. And there was a, you you, you weren't necessarily watching and paying as close attention at the time, but there was a light switch flipped in that moment for anybody with eyeballs watching that game. Tannehill comes in, he's more decisive. He's letting the ball rip. He's navigating the pocket well enough. He's making accurate throws, aggressive throws downfield and outside the numbers. Things that Marcus was consistently leaving people just infuriated, furious, frustrated about I think that that's going to be the kind of thing you see from Will Levis. Obviously, he he was easily of the draft class this year, of the rookie passers, uh, the top rookie passers, easily the best at getting the ball out quickly in college. Now, he held the ball for too long sometimes, and that's what got him into trouble with his with the sack rate. But in general, he's good at making a decision, choosing a read, getting through his progression very quickly, and finding see find C-ball throw ball, C-hole throw ball, be aggressive in that way. And so I think you're going to see that he's the kind of quarterback Brent self put this week. A, a great way of putting it. He's the kind of quarterback that is going to need to make mistakes, and you're going to need to let him make those mistakes in order to grow,
1: in order to learn. So it will not be a mistake-free outing, but I think it will be exciting. You know what will get me excited this week? What? A uh, Will Levis, and like maybe that's just my bar. And it's like he does this, like fine, I'm yeah. good with it. If we see another one of those plays where Chig goes in motion and just absolutely explodes out with the linebacker, he's downfield. Mm-hmm. If he can finally just make the, the throw the and, ball guy, and yeah, not yeah. Uh-huh. have it underthrown this week, I'll be good. I'll, no, be, good. I'll uh, be
0: good. I think that would be uh, a, an electric moment in the stadium. And,
1: and and to your point there, there is always just something about a quarterback change that like ignites a team uh, to come together. I mean, we look at yes. what, what Josh Dobbs did earlier yes. this year, and it always just seems like JT, look at last week.
0: How many yes. how many backup Walker, how many backup quarterbacks looked good and won ball games last uh, week?
1: It, it's just like
0: Tyson yeah, Badgett.
1: Tyson Badgett looked very sure. Impressive. Remember
0: when Taylor Heineke came in for the Commanders and it was Chase Young was like this is my, this is my quarterback. Teams rally around electric young guys.
1: Yeah, and uh, an interesting. This is a great point. An interesting really, to, me, I don't want to add on to that is that for some reason, just because. These other teams have not seen this snow quantity in, right. this, in the sky. For the first four or five games, they tend to maybe look electric, and then as we see, kind of with Josh Dobbs and and these other guys, right. teams it, figure you they out. They figure you out, and that's where it starts to the, the the wheels kind of fall off the track there. So just taking this into into perspective here, could we see Will Levis very electric for the next four games? and Get this team back into a competitive kind of nature for the season, and then we see a transition back to Hill once he's healthy. And right, can he, can, can
0: he ride this honeymoon
1: period? Yeah, is essentially what you're saying. I, yeah. I think that's all you have to ask.
0: It's all you have to ask. I agree. So, let's talk real quick about news. A couple of, uh, of hits on keys to this game outside of Will and I say outside of Will love this, but this first one is kind of included. The biggest key whenever you're having to start a backup or a rookie or a backup rookie quarterback in a game is as a coordinator as head coach you have to have to have to find the easy buttons that you can press you need to scheme up you know you're planning your first drive you need to have a number of early passes in there to gain momentum gain confidence on your quarterback give them um some some real nerve calming plays to get rolling a little bit you don't we don't want to sh- you know get get that confidence shot with an early mistake you got to find those easy buttons and press them early and often for a quarterback like this it's a big trenches battle as well this this game it, it feels a lot in in that regard like the cleveland game the titans this season where atlanta has the ability to hunk them in the trenches on both sides of the ball and if they do it will not matter what Will Nevis does. It will not matter what the tight secondary does without Kevin Byard. It will not matter what the pass rush does after a week off. Nothing else will matter if they get hung in the trenches on both sides of the ball in this game. And it has the ability to do that on both sides of the ball. And they're a, they're a team that is kind of made in the microbial image with our Smith film. Um, they're wanting to be ground and pound. They're wanting to be ball control. They're wanting to be tempo setting um it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a clash of styles here or not clash but a meeting of similar styles here um in a way that the titans the titans aren't at least competing for the the, the wheel to drive this bus that they'll be driven right off the cliff by atlanta and that will be a, a big issue for them um, what, I, what i alluded to earlier I think there's a potential for Atlanta to have a surprising day of offense this week, JT. And if you look at the past couple of weeks, they have put up 400-plus yards of offense in the last two games. Something they've also done is turned the ball over 11 times in their last four games at an astonishing rate. If Ritter protects the ball in this game and their underlying production stays the same or relatively the same, there's potential for them to score 25, 30, 35 points in this game and kind of shock the Titans in a way that... I just I, you know you look at the the raw number you look at okay they're averaging sixteen point four points per game there's it's do you get what I'm saying it's a little bit of a lie in 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 yes. that way because they're turning the ball over so much if you don't get those turnovers which the Titans have not been good at forcing turnovers this year at all it's not going to be that inefficient for their offense they're they are moving the ball up and down the field if you give them the chance to score they're going to score and you're going to be behind the eight ball with the quarterback trying to score a lot of points
1: yeah I I, I think that's I think that's well said. And I think you can just do what the Buccaneers did it last week in in cashing on those mistakes that Ritter and the Falcons make. You're going to have an easier
0: time. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's all on our Falcons-Titans preview. Let's get to the news. Here's your JT. Before we do, make sure if you're watching with us live, you're over to Pro Sports Media on YouTube. We can be part of the comment section like Ridley Lipschitz and our buddy Stoney, who have been with us all day today. Appreciate y'all. Also, Boomba's Pizza here in Spring Hill. Appreciate you guys for sponsoring the show. Going out, hang out, get food on us, get a drink on us, have a good time here in Spring Hill. Boomba's Pizza and Tap House. Check it out. All right, let's get to the news with producer JT.
1: Yeah, let's break down this Thursday injury report, starting with the guys who did not practice today. A couple other guys were popping up. Uh, we'll start with the guys who continue not to practice. Tight end Josh Wiley is still not practicing with that concussion. Probably uh, it would take a miracle, but... Considering how the
0: if you don't Titans, practice on Thursday, yeah, you're done. Considering you're how the
1: Titans do it, even yeah. though it's been a week and change now, it sounds like he probably will not go. Ryan Tannehill has been not, like, pretty cut and dry now not go this week. good thing is, though, it's not a high ankle sprain that requires surgery or anything like that, so there is still hope for him there, right? And then Derrick Henry uh popping up on the injury report today which is a very contentious ah, no no no, no 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 you're getting uh, you're getting
0: this is this is bait on your part you are baiting our audience yes,
1: I I, are well, you new question, are question, you here. new around here well here's the question are you new around I, here? I, 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 on I a thursday
0: Derrick Henry not practicing. I wasn't finished. how many Thursdays did we practice this show? How many none? Thursdays?
1: However, it wasn't
0: finished. Okay, I finish your question, your silly, stupid question.
1: Given the circumstances of this Titans team right now, do you think that this is just another Derrick Henry Thursday rest? Or is there something else going on?
0: It's very that's very clickbait of you. It's I appreciate you adding that drama to the show. I'm here to be the, I'm taking taking your tin hat off, setting it on the table. Um, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, then phone me. But he's not on injury report. Um, it's designated for NIR. No, you know, no, not injury related. Rest. It's rest. I, 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 you know, I've been saying all week. I do not think the Titans get a deal done because I do not think any team values Derek Henry enough to make that trade. Maybe I'm wrong. It, you know, all everything can change on a on a dime if you get the right offer. Get one one offer that's correct, and suddenly things are different. But right now, from what I've heard, I'm not expecting other teams to offer. I don't see it getting done. I think he's going to be playing this game. I think it's going to be a Titan for at least the end of the year.
1: One other Titan player that popped up today, which is a little bit concerning, Roger McCreary, who was limited on Wednesday, does not practice today with the hamstring, obviously. With uh, Kevin Byard exiting, with how Christian Fulton has played. We're really going to need Roger McCreary this week. What do you What do you think about him not practicing this week and your confidence level him to go this week?
0: Yeah, this is the biggest concern by by far. We've talked all year about McCreary's had a sneaky great year so far. He's been fantastic, in particular in the box and the slot. Um, if he can't play, that's a big deal to the tight secondary, which is already down. Kevin Byard this week, obviously, you got a, uh, a rookie, a new piece in safety who I'd imagine you know, doesn't play a lot this first. Maybe take place in special teams, maybe spot start here or there, uh, spot spot play here or there. But I don't think he's going to be a starter. If McCreary can't go, you're even thinner back there, and that's a serious problem. Sounds like he popped the hamstring a little bit on Wednesday or earlier in the week at some point. Um, No practice today for rest. Tomorrow, as always, the pivotal day on the injury report. He's not going tomorrow. I would not be shocked if it's ruled out. It's a big hit for the Titans. Let's
1: talk about the other side of here with the atlanta Cowboys. i'm sorry
0: can i pause this one guy you didn't mention but it's the fact that he's not on there that i want to mention dear Tart being oh, back yes. to this team we, we've been talking about it for so many weeks in a row now three weeks in a row now that we've kind of buried you know we've forgotten about it. them getting him back against this rushing team is a massive deal we have questioned how much the titans hit as a rushing defense that has been you know, attributable to his absence. I think we're going to get the answer to that this week. And I think it's going to be very good news for the Titans to have him back in the rotation.
1: Yeah, and as I was saying, moving on to the Atlanta side here, a very drastic looking difference here, as it always is this time of <laughs> Tiny year. Tiny uh, little list. Uh, Tiny little list. With the Titans versus their opponent. The yeah. only guy to be concerned of is linebacker Tate Davis. He still the concussion, does not practice he can on a hand from Thursday. Would need a at least 100 practice tomorrow, but it sounds like he's not going. Otherwise, everything's clean right now. For the uh, Atlanta Falcon running back Cordell Patterson, uh, practicing again as well as came uh Practice today. Both were taking veteran games on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, uh, nothing to say there. What else do we have in the news? Let's
1: talk about this cut return job, which has mm. been a topic of conversation for the past couple of weeks after.
0: If you were in the job, Mark, for for the
1: punt returner here, um, as it was reported by multiple sources earlier today, there are a bunch of Titans competing for the punt return job, including Kyle Phillips, wide receiver Shai Smith, wide receiver Mason Kinsey and Colton Dow, and then quarterback Eric Error. Easton, out of these guys, who would you like to see returning punts this week for the
0: Titans? It's Mason Kinsey. It's Ben Mason, it's unironically Mason Kinsey. We've been talking about it since he filled in a couple of weeks ago. I trust him to catch the ball. I trust him to get a couple of yards and be scrappy, and he can take a hit, and he's not, you know, if he, if he goes down with an injury, God forbid, he's not super valuable elsewhere for the team. Get, You know, it's, it's crazy how much we, yeah, Mason Kinsey. <laughs> That's all I have to say. It should be Mason Kinsey. Mason deserves a job. I hope it's Mason Kinsey. I, I know our buddy Paul Kaharski. Tweeted out today uh, that he just he was at, at practice today, which I was not. He looked, said, I looked up for one moment and immediately saw Kyle Phillips drop. One. He's, he's got the yips right now. It's good, I think, this Titans team for him to continue to muff his way out of the job. Just let him play receiver, let him focus on that, let they stay clean, and not cost the Titans in the final turn game. He's just, it's a, special teams coach Craig Argument said today. That, you know, at this point, it's really it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing for Kyle catch the ball. You file that away under un- unbelievably obvious. Of
1: course, it's a mental thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it should be. It, it should be Kinsey as long as you don't have Pierce Jackson. The best option is Pierce Jackson. Folks, a couple folks asked me about him. He's on IR. It's been four full weeks. From what I'm hearing, he's not really close at all coming back. He, you know, It's not necessarily a season-ending injury, but it's a, a significant injury that I don't think he's close to coming back this year. Maybe that's not going to be in the cards. Um, but until he comes back, it's amazing. And
1: we can move on now to the picker, who has been the one bright spot in this entire season. Yep. Nick Fult is on the precipice of the whole record. And I mean, how, so bright, the brightest yes, spot. Yes, And yes. how consistent he's been hitting. Granddaddy strong
0: legs. Um, we're going to
1: talk about this, but then you can come back and in- – just absolutely fascist because we are now probably going to lose. Yeah, so,
0: no, we deserve it. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to do it anyways. In
1: advance, but he has two records that he can move up in this week. First one, most consecutive field goals made in franchise history. He currently sits at number eight on that list with a couple field goals this week. He's currently at sixteen. Uh, he can move up, passing uh, Al Del Greco, if he makes three this week to 19 and then if he makes
0: which join the titans is certainly possible. Yes, and then yep.
1: he can uh if he hits 40, he can uh jump up and pass a couple of Titans legends and Brian suck up and Rob Baronis uh for 20 on the year. Mm. Nick Fuller also has a very good opportunity to win the best kicker battle of the year currently mm-hmm. um as he has made 70 consecutive field goals under 40 yards tied right now with Justin Tucker. Uh, apologies, as I reported this for later uh, a couple weeks ago, but I did think that Justin Tucker still had that streak active. It was broken, so now uh, uh, it is on Nick Bolt's shoulders to break this record this week. There's one more one kick record. under 40,
0: which yeah. he's going to attempt, he's going to miss, because nah, that's how that, right works. how that works. Uh, yeah. or sorry, so, and, but...
1: Yes, so Nick Bolt has a lot to prove this week. Moving on to Arthur Smith. As this is the Art Smith game, the Art Smith game. Uh, Arthur Smith had a couple things to say earlier today. Paul Parsky uh, recorded this saying that Arthur Smith says he tries to pretend playing the Titans is nothing different, but given all the relationships he's built in 10 years with the franchise, um, obviously just more of a coach thing to say there. Sure, sure. Uh, and then running back here Henry has some thoughts this. on this I saying this. Arthur Smith's new mustache is questionable. Mm. Arthur Smith. Clap back uh, with after hearing that saying. Tell him I find his new hairstyle question Get him
0: art. Get his ass. Yes, I love it.
1: And then could we see the first vest swap
0: between coaches? I sure hope week? so. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna bully Vrabel in the press conference. You can you can print that.
1: Titans head coach Mike Vrabel uh, uh, was asked on possibly doing a vest swap with Falcons head coach Martin Smith this week, and Vrabel. Also jumping in on the Art Smith mustache. Everybody hate on the man mustache, wagon, man. Goodness. As long as he gets rid of that miserable mustache, he will do it. So we'll have to see this. Movie. Art Smith be just, he's talk,
0: just trying right? to embrace his top gun summer his top gun boy summer and everybody's given him a hard time. I guess the summer's over. It's time yes. to it's time to end it.
1: Two more things here before we are finished with the news. Let's talk about the DeAndre Hopkins controversy that happened today. Six hours of controversy. Yes. So let's talk about this account chef's cards and collectibles who posted saying D Hop signing update. We apologize for the delay, but he has requested to wait after the trade deadline. So we are shooting to finish up and finalize everything by next Wednesday if not we will begin processing refunds and returning items by link next week (laughs) We apologize for the delay so a couple of uh reporters here in town uh kind of found this and and thought that was an interesting note sure uh however deandre hopkins chimed in himself saying never heard of this company before in my life but would love to set up something soon here in nashville Mm. my thought Maybe that guy who had DeAndre Hopkins' old number who the got old D-Hop PK. The, yeah, maybe decided controversy. To, to Same guy. Get back into the bag I mean, he just he's double. a
0: full-blown, he's like an Elvis impersonator from Vegas. He's got a full-blown DeAndre Hopkins impersonator from Arizona. Yeah. Um, yeah, silly. People were worried, terrified. It's, Titans fans, I get it. You're, you're paranoid right now that all your favorite players, all your best players are going to be traded away in fire, fire cell mode. I get it. It's going to be a long couple of days until the trend deadline on Tuesday, but uh, this is not one of those cases. It sounds like D Hop is, at least for today, right now, never know what's going to come around the corner here, safely in Tennessee.
1: Finally, I think Jimmy, with the uniform check once again, mm-hmm. but if you have not heard this uniform check, I hear you under the We
0: been aware of this for months.
1: Yes. The Titans will be decked out in their Oilers throwbacks. it be blue jerseys with white britches, blue and white socks with white helmets adorned with the oil logo in Sunday's game versus the Falcons.
0: How many Falcons are going to be
1: asking for a jersey spot? I mean, okay. if I would
0: be asking, I'd be asking. This the most random special teams player on the Titans just to get a hold of one of these gorgeous jerseys. Alright, that is Chris or JT with the news. and That means we have one last thing to do today. The best bet gauntlet, my favorite part of the show. We do three shows a week. We spend 20 total minutes or less on the best bet gauntlet. And it is without a doubt my favorite 20 minutes each and every week. I love talking about these bets. and We love making money, JT. Just some numbers to run down. A big week for me last week. One of the very rare losing weeks for you my this season. First. Your fir- first of the year. First, first of the yeah. year. Listen, by week seven, if that's your first losing week, you're doing something right, is what I would like to say. I am at 18 and seven, clawing my way back to a slow start. But above 500, JT still comfortably in the lead at 23 and 12 on the year. Our show record, which is the important part 41 20. 59% on the we need to
1: chat back up. I I'm I'm a little I'm a little ticked off. Yeah. We, we need to, we need our to, standards are
0: uh, so high that fifty-nine percent, which is well above a professional grade, we're not happy with. But yeah, 59% on the year. I was doing some updating of the all-time numbers, Jason. We started the best bet gauntlet at the beginning of last season. So it's been going on for uh let's see seven plus eighteen. So uh twenty-three weeks are, that's good enough. Twenty-five weeks now in total. <laughs> Stoney in the comments says he's one nine and one in the NFL this season. Don't feel bad on oh, your fifty nine percent. Well, Stoney, you should be blind betting with us because all times since the beginning of last year, as of this week, we have crossed three hundred bets with threshold 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 check mark. JT, our um, all time record is one hundred and sixty five one twenty four nine all time fifty seven percent. A truly fantastic. You know, if you're if you're betting at fifty two and a half percent you're breaking gear. They say if you're betting at 55%, you can put your job, that's a professional better percentage. we currently on the year at 59%. All time through 300 plus bets, we're at 57%. Up 25.9 units. Stoney, if you were betting, here's the math on this. Stoney, if you were betting $100 on each of our bets every week blind, so $1,000 total, $100 on, on 10 bets a week, since the beginning of last year, you would have 2600 extra dollars in your pocket Well,
1: it sounds like blindly business
0: betting our show. Yeah, that's, that's what I need to do. He says, just take y'all's picks and sell them to my Patreon subscribers. I'm not going to stop you because we, we, I mean, we are a freight train runaway down the tracks. And JT, I did the math on this as well. You're the first pick today. It's been a while. You know how long it's been? It has been exactly 300 days. Or, or this week's our 300th pick. It's been 300 days. Since you've had the honors of the first pick, as last week's user so not for their view, JT. What is your first pick of the weekend? Our,
1: our, our viewers are not going to like this pick, but I'm rolling with the Jungle Cats this week. I'm taking Cincinnati. <laughs> plus four. I was pretty happy with them at plus three and a half. I also bet them earlier this week at plus five and a half. Love now, that. Yep. that number is getting back up there to plus four. Here's why I, I really like this pick. I think this is a spot, once again, to sell the 49ers. Even coming off two losses, I think that them being uh, a, a, a pretty list of yeah. uh, 49ers, them being a favorite like, over the field goal still is just too much. While two straight losses or more. Shanahan is just 12-12 against the spread, 5-4 against the spread since 2020. Also, this is a Bengals team that is going from the East Coast to the West Coast, and those teams have very, they've performed very well, going 67-49-5 and against the spread, 58% since 2016. As an underdog of three or more points, Joe Burrow is 14-2 against the spread in the NFL. Mm. There's also 5-1 against the spread in college, if that is Something that you were interested in, so that puts him at nineteen and three against the spread overall in his semi-in professional career. Uh, Burrow has just been unreal past week seven. He's hitting at around seventy percent against the spread, and this has just been a, a, a spot here where, as we as we all know, Joe Burrow has not had a healthy start to the preseason almost ever in his career.
0: Pretty much never. Yeah. And
1: so it takes this Cincinnati team some time to uh to get going and so once they get to uh week seven here um uh, joe burrow and this team gets rocking as you said um this team probably without Brock Brady, gets to practice again today but it's going to be the sam darnold show they're also not going to have Debo samuel this week um i believe the, the offensive lineman for them Teron armstead i think yep, yep. uh also, did not practice today. Also, looks like he might not go. This is a, a Bengals defense that is top five, both blitz and pressure rate. Coming off the bye. Coming big blue. This, this is, is just an easy spot for me to take this Bengals team. And I was considering, I was worried that this was going to go down to underneath that field goal, but right. it moved back up to mm-hmm. plus four. So, this is a no brainer for me. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals plus four.
0: All right. With my first pick of the week eight, best bet gauntlet. The theme of my picks this week, JT, are as I've been for the past couple of weeks, falling knives. Okay, talk about that 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 idea and betting as a team is tanking, falling apart. You try to catch the falling knife by the handle and not the blade. If you to catch by the handle at the last moment, you catch them at the bottom of their value, and you get the best value and you get money in your pocket. So falling knives, home dogs, division dogs, and the most delicious, most delicious in the world, home. Division dog. That's I'm taking my first bet. Green Bay, plus one and a half versus Minnesota. So many trends, so many indicators pointing in Green Bay's way. And ultimate pros Joe's game, 35, excuse me, 38% delta between the bet percentage of the, public, the number of total tickets. And the money on this game, only 55% of the tickets on Green Bay, 93% of the money. On Green Bay, the big money professional veterans from this team. Again, it's a home divisional dog, the perfect spot for both of these teams. Minnesota coming off of a short week, which hurts them in this game, but off of a massive win over the 49ers, a massive prime time win for prime time Kirk. Okay, selling them at the top of their market right now, buying Green Bay at the bottom of their market, coming off of an embarrassing loss. I love this spot for the ultimate home night this week, which is the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah. Just leave like my notes Minnesota. short week long knife. Yeah, it's it's a home divisional dog. I think Green Bay wins this game outright, getting Green Bay plus one and a half at home against Minnesota.
1: I really like that pick as well. They get Jair Alexander probably back this week. Also mm-hmm. again, once again, without Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison looks really impressive, but I have questions for him this week on Jair Alexander. Yep. That is going to be a, a point of contention here this week, especially one that Green Bay is going to be to the limit. This week, so I'm with you on that, especially at home there in Lambeau. Yep. My next pick, which I believe is is we're, we're all about underdogs this week. Yeah. I think I'm going to take a favorite here. Yeah. And as you know, a lot of the favorites this week are are favored by a lot. Um, but I think there's one that, that has some real value still. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens minus nine, nine and a half against the Arizona Cardinals, going to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have lost their last four games, losing by 19, 14, 17, and 10. That bodes so well for your number it here. Does, it does uh, bode well. Teams also who, have, who won six games or less in the prior year, which just looked like the Cardinals, and are also on a four-game straight-up losing streak, are 51 54 and 81 against the spread as a home dog. I think this this ravens team from our is just getting started. They are they are getting really healthy now. They're hitting their stride they are hitting their stride. So I think I'm not gonna fade the Ravens yet this week. They have a couple of weeks here where I think they're gonna string together some really dominant and convincing wins. Uh, obviously, they're going to play Cleveland, Brown, play Cleveland Browns next week, future Walker, but at least for this week, Josh Dobbs, uh, as we talked about earlier in the show with Bill Levis, we like, had this moment, and then we start figuring him out. We start to see why he's been a historically backup quarterback. This team also, without James Conner, I don't think we talked about how much James Conner matters.
0: Since they've team. lost him, their running game is
1: disappeared. Yes. Um, so... Baltimore is going to look to kind of do what they did to Detroit last week, and I'll learn my lesson as you <laughs> publicly called me a bozo last week for taking the Lions. I'm you were a bozo. To, I'm going to heed that lesson and take the Ravens minus nine.
0: I like it. My second pick of the week, eight best bet. Give me the Giants plus three as home, home dogs against the team they share their stadium with, the New York Jets. Very simple handicaps. Okay. This game is a total under three. In games where the total is under 40, dogs of three or more points are 59% ATS since 2018. I like that Tyrod is playing in this game, most likely. I might, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put this in there. If Danny Dimes comes in and is the guy come Sunday, I might have changed his bit. I want it to be Tyrod. He takes care of the ball, he doesn't turn over the ball. This team's well-coached. They can be efficient. He's brought some juice to this team, some life to this team in the past couple of weeks. So I want it to be Tyrod. I think it's a big Waller day. You look at this Jets defense, which has been pretty nails all year. Shut down some really great offenses. One of their only weaknesses has been covering tight ends. And Darren Waller has kind of come to life the past couple of weeks. I think that it's a big game for him. Maybe you look at the props on Darren Waller in this game. But I like the Giants. I think they're going to win this game outright against the Jets. You need to come back up a little bit. The Giants will show us some life. Give me Giants plus three at home against the New York Jets.
1: I like that pick. I'm going to take a home dog myself. I'm going to dip into your strategy this week. Home going, division dog. Home division their home dog division is Which better. just,
0: oh, just finger-looking good. I mean, it's KFC finger-looking good to get a home
1: division dog. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos plus seven facing the Chiefs. This is an easy pick for me because this is Sean Payton getting the same team that he's played. Just two weeks ago, once again, now at home. This also is going to look to be shaping up as a weather game. It's going to be cold, yep. 20 degrees, possible Richard. snow yep. in the mix here. We also just know how bad Patrick Holmes is. Like, he is a favorite of over three points. Just a tough spot to bet him. This is a team that really, they, they, they win these games, right? But we don't do it decisively. They The Chiefs have never really been a team that dominantly wins. And I, I expect uh Denver to keep it close once again. I think Javante Williams is getting back to what Javante Williams is best. I think they're going to try to control this game through the run. Just some stats here. The Chiefs covered versus their own division last week when they played the Los Angeles Chargers. When those teams are favored again in uh their next game against the division opponent, they are forty six point three percent against the spread mm. in the last twenty years. I think all signs the would- are pointing to Russell Wilson and this Broncos team. Probably not winning, but once again, keeping it a close yep. game,
0: so yep. give me the Broncos plus seven. I think the number's going to tick up a bit as we get close to the beginning. The public's going to bet that number up a little bit. Also, JT, do you know who the Chiefs have after this game? The they have the Dolphins and the Eagles. Ooh. So if this is a serious look-ahead spot, a serious we-don't-want-to-show-anything spot for the Chiefs. Um, I I like this pick a lot. It's my third pick at the best bet gone, week eight. Give me a Mike Tomlin spot. Give me Pittsburgh as a home dog of two and a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It all it is automatic. Speaking of bets that I think the public could absolutely bet up by the end of the weekend to get you that field goal, maybe even three and a half if we're lucky. That's what I'm betting on. So you're running bet along with us, but you should to make money, by the way. Just proven it's a fact, it's not an opinion. Um, wait on this one. Wait until the weekend to see if you can get a three or a, a three and a half. A I doubt that happens, but always check it out. Kenneth, by the way, asking if you've checked Taylor Swift's schedule for making this pick.
1: I'm not. I don't care. I don't, gonna think, she,
0: I don't think she's going to be there for this one, from what I've heard. Uh, I, heard I heard that on a random, random show today. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I don't think she'll be there. Good. I, I do not care. You we we do not care. In, in, in the way, words of Mike, Mike Tomlin, Tomlin, we yeah, yeah. do not care. I do not care. Yeah, no, he does not care. Uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, a couple of things on this game, right? Um, notes here. It's Tomlin's spot, right? He's 57-31-4 ATS on his career. 64% most profitable coach against the spread in the NFL. He is 16-9 straight up as a home dog, which is fantastic in this game. More specifically, as a home dog facing a team with a 60-plus winning, 60-plus percent winning percentage of winning team like this Jacksonville team is. At home, he is 14-3-1 straight up. He is a spoiler at home. In that Pittsburgh defense, defensive line in particular against this Jacksonville offensive line, is going to be a problem for Jacksonville. Jacksonville has won three, four games in a row, I believe, and they went from one and two to now five and two. Um, I think this is, the, this is a come-down spot for Jacksonville. I think the Pittsburgh voodoo is going to continue. I think they're going to win this game outright.
1: Well, yeah, I think also as we said last week, Mike Tomlin after a buy really I forgot about the team, buy. In yes, term, in turn, buy. Point per game. Yep. This this team, Mike Tomlin finds a way to have this tube looking after the buy. Kenny Pickett looked better last week. They get Deontay Johnson back, which I think is a lot uh, bigger of an the implication there than people realize. Yep. I also think that they might get Kat kind of back this week, which would be a big hat on that offense. Side ball, so I, I love that pick this week. I definitely also keep talking. if you can get it at three or three and a half, try three. to get it. Yep. there. Uh, my next pick, as we are now going to pick the entirety of the Oaks to North this week, give me Cleveland, all right, plus four, good okay. to Seattle. This is, I at least for me, I think this is a pretty easy pick considering the Seattle Seahawks so far. They're coming off a lot of games where they're going up, they play, going up against easy teams. Mm-hmm. They, they played one of the easiest schedules in terms of DBOA. The um, like played the Giants when they were very, very easy. Um This has been a very, very easy schedule so far for the Seattle Seabox. Um, Gino, when he comes off a loss, does pretty well. However, they beat the Cardinals last week. But after a straight up, straight up win, he's only eight and eleven and two against the spread. Um, also, this is another one of those those times where we preach watch the total to bet the spread here. Yep. Um, since 2018, uh, when that when that spread uh, is below, I believe 39. Yep. 39 40. 40. It's 40. Um, the Underdog against the spread is hitting at 61.1%. It's also 23-1 against the spread this season. Cleveland fits into this. This is going to be a low-scoring game. I think this Cleveland defense does enough against Gino, who has a look like last year's Gino. And if they do enough, Kyle Lockett's dealing with an injury. DK Metcalf is still dealing with an injury. Um, I think this is a, a, especially getting it over the field goal, I think this is a game where, even if they don't win, they're going to because of how good defense has been. So give me Cleveland
0: plus one. With my fourth pick of the week eight, we'll gauntlet. I can't believe I'm doing this again. Give me New England plus nine and a half. Miami, another dog, this time on the road. <clears throat> if <laughs> excuse me, I just spit. Um, If you can get this number at 10, get it at 10. I didn't pull my stuff. Miami, do that double-digit number. So if you can get them at 10, get them at 10. But at nine and a half, I still like to bet for a couple of years. I caught the falling knife last week against uh, – in New England. I bet them last week. We caught the falling knife. We cashed that bet, James. This week, I think I'm going to do it again against another division opponent in Miami. I think that they – first of all, have played this team already this year. They handled them. They were the only team really – besides the Bills, the, B- the Bills and, and the Patriots, are the only teams to, to neutralize that tenacious Miami defense. So that's a big deal. They've done it once. Belichick getting a second crack the same team, I think he's going to do it again. But their offensive line was much better last because they got some important guys back. Tennessee, college legend, uh, UTC legend, Cole Strange up there, getting back in the rotation for the Patriots was a big deal. Their personnel situation for the offensive line improved dramatically, and I think it's going to stay the same guys playing this week, so I think it's going to continue to tick up in the right direction. Um, Hill and Waddle banged up. We know what Waddle's situation is with Hill. We don't really quite know what the deal is, but um, with both of those guys kind of banged up, that's a big question mark. There's also high winds forecasted. Tua, not the strongest arm in the world. Mac Jones, neither, but they can run the ball and, and ball control much better than, than Miami can, I think. It's just everything in this game points to taking the guy that's not going to win, but it's going to cover. Give me New England in the third straight week now. I can't. It's so gross. I hate it so much. Give me, it is New gross, hopefully getting the 10, but right yeah, now I'll take the plus, not now.
1: Considering Mac Jones' history against the spread.
0: Sure, team. sure.
1: Um, but that that is a very gross pick there. My Gotta final do it. pick for week five I'm going to take the Washington Commanders, plus seven right now. Another division
0: home the
1: Eagles. dog. That pretty much says it for themselves. This is a Commanders team that is has always played the Eagles very, very close. also is building well in this spot. Uh, he's 24-15-1 and one against the spread as a dog versus his own division, including eight, four, and one against the spread when with Washington. But he's always been really good against his division. This is a team that is coming off a, 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 a interesting time. Do, <laughs> that's a way I, of putting I, it. I think that's the best sure, way I can way put, put it. it. This is a team that, after last week's embarrassing loss, they, they are down in the dumps, but I think Ronald Bear is going to do enough. They played this Eagles team at the Eagles. I
0: very, remember that there close. was some voodoo in that game. Visual I, dog I think, voodoo. That's going to happen again.
1: again yep. So give me the commander's plus.
0: Yeah, I love it. And uh, folks in the comments, pretty good lip shits, kind of for all asking, is anybody going to be brave enough to board the Will Levis train and take Brable as a home dog? We've bet the Titans game one side or the other in seven six consecutive weeks here. They were on their bye last week. I'm going to make it seven.
1: Give me oh, Tennessee okay.
0: plus three at home, a home dog against Atlanta. Um, pretty simple handicap here in the sense of the Titans. Narratively, everything is done in the dumps. So you got Mike Brable with them with a rookie backup quarterback, what's going to happen? Atlanta coming off of a big divisional win. It just makes way too much sense for them to win this game outright. We know the stats about Braves' dog, With the stats about Brayville's a home dog. I'm struggling to find a reason to bet this Atlanta team. Maybe it will bite me. Maybe I'm walking into a, into a trap. Maybe, I, maybe uh, I'm stepping in
1: it. I certainly was not brave enough to, to, to I'm, I'm gonna I'm
0: going to try it out. We'll see what happens. I and mean, with that, that is our best bet going for week Gate. So JT in total nine dogs, four four division dogs, and three home division dogs. But
1: I feel so good about this. Trip, like I this
0: love the dogs going to bark this week. They're going to bark this week. It's a great week for a, an underdog round robin in review. JT is rocking with Cincinnati plus four at San Francisco, Baltimore minus nine and a half at Arizona, Denver plus seven at Kansas City, Cleveland plus four at Seattle, and Washington plus seven versus Philadelphia, I have five dogs, Green Bay, plus one and a half at home against Minnesota, the Giants, the G-men, plus three versus the Jets, Pittsburgh, plus two and a half at home against Jacksonville, New England, plus nine and a half on the road in Miami, Tennessee, plus three at home against the Atlanta. Falcons. That is our best bet going. We, gave, we will continue to be making money and be happy doing so and happy to make you money along with us. You should be betting blind with us to continue to make money. Those are not opinions, facts, folks. I don't know what to tell you. If you want to make money? You want to make money betting? You're not trying. You're not betting. Best bet going And that is our show for today. appreciate everybody tuning in live with us. Would love for you to come hang out with us here at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House, where you can get free food on us. You just come and say hey any Thursday from now through to the Super Bowl. JT will be back live, recording our Monday morning show on Sunday evening after Titans take taking on the Falcons here at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Until then, for producer JT, I'm your host, decent Freeze, who subscribe on social media, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. It's been the Hot Podcast. We'll talk to you on Sunday.